Ciao, ciao, everybody. This is the show. <laughs> no one stepped on anyone. I um, I pretty. I was pretty close. Yeah. <clears throat> subdued enough. Yeah. Well timed. Some dude. <laughs> no subdued. Yes, that is a word. Yeah. Hey, yeah. this is Jao Chow Chow, and it's Chow Chow. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> what episode is this? Is it thirteen? Or oh, twelve? This is thirteen. Which. If you're keeping track, since we do this bi-weekly, that's like half a year we've been doing this for, so... No way, could it really be? Well... Did we start in November or December? We started in November, I'm pretty sure. Alright. I don't know, because we'll end up doing 26 in a year, so I just put this at halfway, who cares? Dude. Close enough. Yeah. 13. <laughs> Freaking the mathematician over here. You're... It's pretty much the only thing I could think about all day. Wow. Oh my god, I've been doing this for half a year. Ugh. You're like Damien Sandow. <laughs> I think. Or the genius. Yes. 
<laughs> okay, I'm sorry. All right. My IQ is greater than yours. <laughs> oh, okay, so we're not going to talk about wrestling today, folks. We're going to talk about <laughs> Jolly. <laughs> Which pretty similar if you think about it. Yeah. Is it? Get some, in jolly. You get some people blading, so you get the blood. Oh, yeah. You get the, you get the sexy vixens, who are usually, uh, you know, scantily clad. Uh-huh. And you have so, your Santino Morellas. Uh... Yep, and you do have your goofy Italian men, just like in the wrestling world. So it's pretty much goes hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. I, I agree with you 100%. Now that I, now that I think about it, I'm almost... No, I don't. Uh, 90. I'm a 90 on this okay. one. Okay. Well, I'll take that. Chris? Uh, I'm <laughs> going to decide not to watch Giallo anymore if, if it really is exactly like wrestling. <laughs> You're such a hater, dude. <laughs> <laughs> should, be the other, should be the other way around. It's okay. Yeah, you're probably right. He's he's second screening at WWE Network right now, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, we are going to be talking about who saw or die tonight, and I'm I have it on on the other computer. I'm kind of watching in the background a little bit here, and um, I don't want to get too much into it, but someone needs to teach these kids how to fucking play hopscotch. It's like they have no concept of the actual rules of the game. It's just, it's like setting my OCD like on super overdrive. Like I had to pause the movie and walk away for a little bit. It's just fucking anarchy. It is, dude. And when I start yelling at my computer, I look like an idiot. So stick to the rules. You, within the box. You don't put your foot in the box that you drop something in. How hard is that? <laughs> Maybe you should uh, uh, go over there and explain it to them. And then on it, top it, of that, it's just like two square, two square, two square, two square. There's no challenge. Right. Like there's no one one foot hop. Yeah, dude. There's no X square. There's nothing fancy. It's like <laughs> bitch jump, like hop. 10 times and then hop back. Like, there's nothing. I'm glad she got killed. <laughs> oh, did I, uh, I would, escalate that too quickly? I would, I would like to make an, a, an appeal to any of our Italian friends <sighs> who may be able to, to verify that that was indeed a legitimate Italian version of hopscotch and not just a bunch of kids jumping around on squares. Well, seriously, uh, if we'll, that's what Italian we'll hopscotch know. is, Italian hopscotch is just hop on two feet from here to there like that's a fucking trick and a half dude maybe they do it after some jmb <laughs> maybe it has something to do with uh the, the, the density of the air because they're they live in venice and there, there's just a, a certain uh never mind i, I was going I, I somewhere personally, <laughs> i personally feel like they were just too into drawing fancy numbers Instead yeah. of the actual hopping. It was pretty fancy. Man. <laughs> they might as well call that game Walk Scotch and just fucking walk through it. Because there was nothing happening there. I'm very upset. <laughs> it's easy for you to say from your couch. Hey, I'm in a fucking swivel desk chair, motherfucker. And, <laughs> oh, and I could hop. I, I got I got me. skills, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
gosh. It, the great the great thing about being the only Jalo podcast is that no you one can have complain. To to this shit. Yeah, no one can no one can complain that we spent so much time on the the, the not hopscotch like hopscotch game in the movie because where else are you if you want to learn about who saw her die this is the only place to go you know well to be on top not even to be on top of that but to add to that let's say let's not start putting the idea in people's heads to go start another fucking jalo show okay let's just (laughs) let's put a fucking moratorium on even talking about that for now on but second i take offense to you even using the term plain hopscotch when referring to that scene in this movie <laughs> hopscotch is the active verb <laughs> she was hopscotching bullshit she was barely hopping there was no scotching going on dude maybe there was too <sighs> much scotching <laughs> yeah those squares were pretty big you could drive a truck through them it was, it was <laughs> gonna be a really sad day in hell if she would have fallen down or anything like that but um but no, so what's been going on? We'll come back to Hopscotch Hell, but um, what have you guys been doing since the last time we talked? <laughs> oh, how long have you been? Okay. Oh, yeah. God. Well, I've, I only watched this movie once. I should have been like you, Creep, and maybe watched it a couple times, but oh. we'll probably get into that. But yeah, I've been uh, just kind of plugging away. Uh, wait, I shouldn't have used the word plugging after last show, but... Pegging. Um, You're pegging, pegging away. Pegging away. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. I've been pegging away. And somebody used it in the group, and I was so happy. I was like, <laughs> we did good. We actually do listen. Okay. We, we could, I could die happy now. Yeah. So <laughs> I taught somebody something. That, that's all it took. Okay. Yeah, not, uh, I oh, guess not too yeah. much. Awesome. What, what, are you, what are you guys <laughs> Just pegging. I guess that's all I came up with. <laughs> That's what you've been doing for the last two weeks is pegging. Hey, it takes a lot of practice. Well, you know, if you're doing it by yourself, you got to find something really sturdy to strap that thing onto or else you're going to hurt yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Lester's not very sturdy. <laughs> kind of wobbly in his old age. Yeah, penis score took it wrong too, so... Chris, say something quick. Stop this train. <laughs> I don't know how I can follow that up. Uh, yeah, what's up, everybody? I haven't been doing much of anything. Uh, I have really nothing to report. Um, yeah, I've been living Still my life. Here. Awesome. Been doing a lot of stuff with uh, the kids and carnivals and birthday parties and Mother's have, Day. And Have you taught your kids of... how to play hopscotch? No, but <laughs> I think we're see... going to... If I see any Vine video of you guys doing it wrong, I'm coming <laughs> over there. <laughs> I think we're going to uh, watch the Who Saw Her Die video as a tutorial. Oh, uh, God. Hopscotch, I think that's what's going to happen. No, I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone, which is uh, a yeah. good and a bad thing. But um, it's good and bad. It's good because it's a lot of fun, and it's bad because it's a lot of fun. And uh, I'm... I, I obsess over things, so that's currently my obsession. I'm not doing anything else. I'm not watching Jolly. I'm not reading. I'm not spending time with any any human beings. Uh, I'm not doing any work. Humans are whatever. Oh, but, but some uh, dude uh, died on a train track in front of you on your train, right? Did that happen, or did I kind of put too much into that? 
Well, it's interesting. We had somebody on the uh, about two weeks before my train incident. There was a train incident on the same line, but it was two trains before mine where somebody either jumped in front of the train or fell in front of the train and got run over, um, which stopped the trains for about three or four hours uh, on that particular line. So but, kind of um, details. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, a couple of weeks later, I, I'm, you know, and I, I sit in the front car of the train because the front car is reserved for people who are snobs like me and don't want to hear anybody talk, um, and they keep the car quiet um, so I can read and whatnot. So, you know, we're driving, um, you know, the train is riding down the track. I'm just about to get to my stop, and I see the the conductor. He's, he's, he's blaring his, uh, his train whistle and comes running into the front car and says, get, every, get ready, everybody, we're going to hit something. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. And uh, so, I mean, he must have hit the brakes, and um, he hit them, you know, once you hit the brakes on a train, I guess there's nothing else you can do except hope that it stops, um, which it didn't. So um, it turned out that there, you know, the, the area where my train uh, stop is, is kind of, it's got woods on either side. And so there's kids that ride ATVs and, and bikes and motorbikes and stuff up and down the railroad tracks uh, all the time. And apparently we had three or four kids joyriding in, a, in an SUV. Um, and decided to cross the tracks, and the truck got stuck on the track. Um, and so they jumped out of the car and ran away right in time. And, and my train was no match for it. It was it just <laughs> smashed the hell out of it. So it was quite an event. And uh, luckily, because I was only about a quarter of a mile from my stop, I ended up just walking the rest of the way down the train track <laughs> back to my stop, so I could go home. Because I think everybody else who had stops after mine just sat on the train and had to wait for like another hour or something so yeah it was uh, an interesting turn of events for sure did you like um, did your life flash before your face or anything like that no it, it it really it really was odd because you know i heard him hitting the whistle and i'm like there's no reason to be hitting a whistle right now because there's no traffic cross streets here especially so in the quiet car yeah, right. Well, you know, and, and it definitely woke me up because I was getting ready to, to get off the train anyway. Um, but then by the time we hit this thing, we're probably only going about 15 or 20. So it really, you know, the train shook a little bit, but that was the end of it. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, I think it was it, it happened too fast for me to be concerned about anything. So um, well, like you said, you were on the winning team, too. So. Oh, yeah, we were. We were definitely <laughs> holy cow! You should have seen that thing. I posted yeah. a picture of it, I think, on Facebook. Crazy, absolutely crazy. <clears throat> so yeah, that's been uh, that's been the big thing. Other than um, trying to watch who saw her die today, which didn't actually happen. I got about uh, I got to about twenty minutes to go, and I, and I've seen it a few times before. So I was just I just wanted it to be fresh. Uh, um, I haven't really been watching. Uh, any jolly? What did, I do? what did I watch? Anything interesting? I went to see um, Neighbors uh, at the in the movie theaters this weekend, which was really funny um, with uh, Seth Rogue Seth Rogen. Um, so I can recommend that if you want a, a good, you know, stoner, you know, in the vein of, of uh, super bad kind of thing um, that children should not see. Correct. Oh, no, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, my daughter's like, I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen. No, 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 no. 
There are so many things that are inappropriate in that movie. <laughs> I wouldn't even send my parents to go see it. That's how inappropriate it is. Well, sounds good. Well, um, I've just been um, plugging away at Black Star, doing a lot of writing. But um, I posted it today, but um, uh, if you Google Jalo covers, my Jalo book comes up like in the first couple lines. That made me feel kind of good. Nice. That's pretty awesome that I'm destroying culture. The first so. couple lines? Like, you know, like... At the top. I know, right? But, um, yeah, oh, apparently yeah. there's some, like, legitimate fucking books out there that are more popular <laughs> than mine. But, um, a bunch right. of assholes. But, yeah, yeah. um, so that was kind of cool. And, um, did anything else go down? No. Oh, I broke yeah. my website, and then I fixed it, and then I broke it again. And then I fixed it, like, four times because I didn't like the theme each time. But now it's pretty good. So, um, yeah, I did that. Yeah. So you've been pretty productive then, it sounds like. Well, I guess coding takes up like forever. And you're yeah. with WordPress you're not even supposed to code anything, but I get all like, ooh, I bet I could do this. Yeah. And then I start fucking with shit and then all of a sudden, like what happened with this WordPress I did something and it like locked me out of my site. And I couldn't get in and I had to call GoDaddy. And then they had to say, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. You know, that's really bad. That could, and I'm like, yeah, obviously, I'm fucking calling you. Like, <laughs> fix it. But anyway, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. But yeah. Um, oh, and somebody got the question right. If you guys remember um, the question about um, Goblin and um, Simon Eddie doing disco. Do you remember that from like two weeks ago or two episodes ago? Yes. <clears throat> um, I believe I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe the winner of that was David Pearson. So I hopefully I said your name right. And that is your name because I, you were the one. yes. So somebody did get that. And um, if you want to know what the answer was, I can't tell you. A Capricorn was one of them and easy something and then there was another one too but um i i'm no good david right can, now david can tell everyone what it is yeah he can tell everybody so <clears throat> do you want to um fall face first into this guys sure yeah i think people want to know who saw her die well to be fair i think that title just doesn't work well not only that well, but no one saw her die that's what i'm saying killer. And I'm pissed <laughs> off because the whole time I'm like going, ooh, I bet somebody else saw. And what even makes it worse is that in the fucking intro of this movie, the camera lens has the veil over it. So you assume it's the killer POV and that hot nurse chick walks right up and then looks right into it. And then it's like, who saw her die? And I'm like, well, she did. Well, no, she didn't, right. but she saw the killer. And then so the whole time I'm thinking that's going to play into it somehow. <laughs> nope and um so i i would like to i would like to make a request with this particular analysis and the request is um i'd really like to try to have all three of us figure out what the fuck was going on in that movie about like with regard to the characters and who was related to who and who knew who and 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 what? Because I I'm still confused, even though I've seen it a bunch of times. 
the 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 things the the things that really confused me the first few times was that the the girl that was killed in Venice the the uh, Marcassini girl they keep referring to that was not the girl who was killed in the beginning of the movie no. but I I thought it was the first bunch of times I saw it <clears throat> yeah and then the and then the the girl uh, Genova who uh, was in the was was in the movie and she was part of this this kind of weird circle of people was she also the nurse in the beginning she looks like it right yeah I thought she looks she exactly like it I thought so too okay so I mean we can we can we can get to the rest of the details later but I know that like there's a scene where um, where where where, where Bonaiuti has got this envelope that she sealed and don't open it until I'm dead and and it had a picture of some other girl and I, I, I don't know anyway uh, not to jump too far ahead here, I think guys. that girl in the newspaper was the girl from the beginning of the movie but the girl that the guy in the the fat guy in the white suit was telling them about whose dad was a glass blower or some right. shit like that that was a different girl than the girl right. from the beginning Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's how I played it. I think you're right, and that's that's how I followed it too. But you know, it, there was too many too many names and too many uh, people that kind of looked the same. And, this is and too one many... of the things that bothers me. If you're gonna go so far as to dub a movie to where everyone sounds like they're from right here in America, call them fucking Paul and John and Mark. <laughs> Like, why does everyone's name still have to be, like, fucking some giant name that... I swear to God, the girl... What was the girl's name that died in the movie theater that you were just talking about? Genova. Genova. I I couldn't understand what they were calling her. And so I wrote down Genetra. And I'm like, that's the worst name ever. Or she sounds like a Star Trek villain or something, you know? It was like... So I'm like, okay, so I'm waiting for someone to say Genetra again, and then nobody says that name again, and so I was getting all irritated. Who? Uh, what's the? I, what is the fat guy in the lovely white suit and scarf? What is? What was his name? Did they his, ever say it? Um, I think his name was I have one suit, so I'm gonna wear it all the time. Even yeah. At a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I'll refer to him as. Uh, it's kind of long, yeah. but. I don't know, but did he, was he the guy who ran the newspaper, or is he just some so. dude that think, hangs out? Because I did have IMDb open when I was going through this because of this problem of all the different names, and I do see journalist on there, so that's the only one that I can think of because everyone else seemed to be taken. Yes, um, I think you're so right. I'm looking at that too. I think he's journalist. Bonayuti. And then there's yep, yeah, there's Bonayuti, Father James. And then who's Francois Roussel? Which which guy was that's, that again? That, that's the guy on the crutches. Okay. Ah. Uh, I didn't know that. I, I didn't put that together either. I didn't put his the he, face to the name. And it was, do I remember this correctly? Was he Genova's son? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I couldn't figure that out until he was watching the porn thing. <laughs> With his mom in it. Yeah, and he's like, I can't believe they made my mom do this. <laughs> And he's like, I'm still going to watch it, though. So just, like, chill out. I'm going to spit on my so hand. Was she, like, 13 when she had him? Because she was still kind of a, I don't know. She still looked pretty youthful. She did. Yeah. And and 
did did she remind you? Uh, I guess I should just look it up on IMDb. But um, was she? She looked a lot like the girl from Bay of Blood, the one who got the uh, oh my effing crap, uh, Broomhilda, the machete <laughs> in the back of her head. Broomhilda. I don't think that's her because I'm looking on IMDb and she's not in there. Right. She does look like her. Like if her hair was dark. Oh, but you it's know what? It's not her because Broomhilda had no pubic hair. And this chick had oh. a bush. <laughs> bush alert. Uh, yeah, I think one of the problems her along burger. with the names is the uh, the fact that all their all the dubbing voices did sound a lot alike, so you didn't know even really know who was talking some of the time. I, I swear to God, every lead in any of these movies is the guy from Bird with a Crystal Plumage. I, I'm almost positive. That kind of staccato talking? What are you talking? I think it's the same guy. He's like, <laughs> like, what do you do? I am everyone. That's his thing. But yeah, this dude with the white suit, it must be before Labor Day. The whole time, it, it was such an eyesore. I'm like trying yeah. to figure out like what the date is for all this stuff going on. And I'm like, well, she's with her dad, so it's probably summer... I'm guessing, so it's before Labor Day, and then I'm like, do they have Labor Day in Italy? Yeah, but it's like but it's like a fashion thing, and you're not supposed to wear white after a certain time. So they and Italy's super fashion, so they should know this. So I'm like trying to do all this in my head, and I'm missing important dialogue and everything. But uh, and then (laughs) I'm checking this guy out, and he has two towels when he gets out of the shower. I use one towel, and I'm a big guy. Do you guys use two towels? No. Yeah. What the hell's going on here? Have kind of laundry money? <laughs> when, I, when I had super ridiculous long hair, I used two towels. I put my, I wrapped my hair in in a towel, and then I used the other one wow. to dry my stuff off with. But wow. yeah, what a fucking Them days are long, <laughs> long gone. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. I was. And um, on a on another note, not to like just beat the shit out of this little kid but she doesn't know how to fucking play the accordion either and that was really getting to me a little bit well so, that was dubbed that wasn't her, her fault well yeah, I was I was watching her fingers and she really had no fucking idea what she was doing <laughs> everyone's gotta start from somewhere so they go to Eno they're like hey Eno um, now we need you to play a bad accordion can you make that happen and he's like I'm a master why are you asking me to do this it's for the film. It'll be good. I really don't want to put my name on anything that has some crappy accordion playing in it. But he did it anyway. He's a true well, and, and since we're talking about Morricone, I just want to bring up that I f- already feel bad for anybody listening to the podcast because if, if you're pumping in that <laughs> I was just gonna say, that soundtrack the of, of the kids singing <laughs> uh, and. You know, there's, there's probably only one melodic thing in the whole soundtrack, and the rest is just. So maybe, maybe turn down the. I'll turn it down this week. But you know what's funny though, too, like that was one of the things that like struck me as really odd. Like this whole movie opens up with no music. Yeah, it's this yeah, really, it was, really long opening. Nothing. I was no fiddling with my remote <clears throat> and TV and everything. Yeah, I could hear the voice, like the mumbling or something of voices in the background, but and I then even in the something. the first like love scene, that's usually Maricone like fucking 
give me some good fucking music. Like, why do they have this guy if they're not going to let him fucking do anything? I, I was swear just gonna to say, God, I feel like they probably just got him on, like, one song. Yeah, I feel like he came in for an hour, had a couple boys sing for him, and then got his 50,000 lira paycheck and took off. Yeah. That's lira that they use in Italy, right? I think so. Is it Lear or Lyra? It might be Lyra. 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 Anyway. God, we should know way more about Italy than we do. We yeah, should probably travel no there and do a do a podcast from there, I think. Oh, I was going to ask you guys, just on a side note that has absolutely nothing to do with us doing this movie right at this time. How do you, Would you guys be up to doing a live version of this show? Um, that's video that people could be talking to us live for thousands of people or for the eight that want to watch. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That'd be like kind of all fun. your other shows. Not all of them. Just one. Oh. And I did that one interview. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's kind of a pain in the ass, but I think it'd be fun. Okay. We can talk about that later. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I have way too much caffeine in me all of a sudden. I think it's time to slow it down with some. There you go. There it is. Even it out. It's time, folks. You could get your stuff out now. (laughs) But we already just finished the recap of Who Saw or Die, didn't we? No, we haven't even begun, dude. Oh. Like. Okay. Does. Okay. Um. Okay, so we talked about that. I did also really like the. the crime scene photos over the credits. That was a touch of class. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to be fair, um, I expected a lot more from this film. Okay. This film has, um, it's regarded as one of the best or one of the better ones of the world and um we'll talk obviously about like our feelings of it but um uh do you guys realize that aldo lado if you mix his letters up are the same (laughs) he's an an anagram for himself (laughs) that's right dude (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh sorry I'm trying to do this thing where I have the film playing so I could like have stuff to like fresher in my head and uh-huh. it's just really distracting they're playing hopscotch again it's just like oh, no. I think you just have that scene on repeat just cause it <clears throat> aggravates you so much well about the film this is something that I actually think happened because, um, what's her name? Uh, Anita Strindberg or whatever. She has, like, a pretty high billing, and she's really fucking not in the movie very much. Right? Right, right. So, <clears throat> and then when he's chilling at home or whatever in the beginning of the movie when the kid's there, there's all of a sudden some chick that shows up that he's, like, kind of banging on the side like it's no big deal. And he <laughs> takes her to pound town for a sex scene and then she just disappears out of the movie never comes back i swear to god i think that there was probably like a scheduling problem and they had to just put somebody else in the film 
like it, it feels like it feels like something went wrong because she's hardly at all in the movie until the last half of the movie and that whole bit with that chick i kept thinking the chick was coming back like she was going to come back and ruin their happy life or she was the one who killed the girl because she didn't like him putting other girls in front of him yeah but like usually when they do something like that in a movie they'll bring that person back so you could like prove that it's not them and they were a red herring or something you know this one was just like okay let's pretend that never happened you know it's just like there was something that felt really weird about this or maybe they're just playing up george lazenby as the ladies man and she did she served her purpose and then they shoot her under the rug swept her under the rug damn it yeah anyway. chris what do you think well yeah i mean you definitely have a point i mean i, I never i guess because of the the fact creep that you're kind of uh, closer to the the business side of movie making, these kinds of things come to you as you're watching the movie. Like you're thinking of uh, you know, you know, you're, you're thinking about pre-production and, and behind the scenes kind of things. I don't think that occurred to me, although it kind of makes sense that you know Morricone came in and he didn't get very much money, so he wrote like two themes and that was it. And Anita Strangeburger was in the movie, but he wasn't <laughs> really in the movie for very long. I just came up with that. Did you like that strange burger? That was awesome. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to call the other girl Anita Furburger. <laughs> I need a Furburger. Uh, All right, you fellas. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> if we're talking specifically about the, your initial point, creep, was that you know the 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 film didn't necessarily live up to all of the hype it was getting. Um, and that's it seems it, like hard, there's it, parts that <clears throat> don't really go together right like yeah. there's just like things that don't really I don't know it seems to kind of thrum together I guess Well, I, I approached it differently only because I had never read anything about this film before I watched it I, I had bought um, the Jalo collection when it was when it was first released, I think Anchor Bay put it out, and it was "Who Saw Her Die," um, "The Short Night of Glass Dolls," "The Case of the Bloody Iris," and "Bloodstained Shadow" it was a four-pack. And uh, that's pretty badass. Yeah, and and I don't, and I I still have the DVDs somewhere, but I I, I never knew anything about it. Um, and if you think about, um, well, all four of those Jallo or Jolly are are. Um, very unique they're all a little bit different but i you know my approach to this film was that um you know certainly they they wanted to do something that was a little bit more on the serious side of things i mean you're certainly not going to get you know the kind of comic relief that you get from um from case of the bloody iris or strip nude for your killer i mean you have that one guy the journalist who's kind of the comic relief a little bit but not really yeah he's uh, not very funny and he's a little creepy too. Like when when um, when right? the little looking at the the uh, the slides of her mother, you know, he just had a weird look on his <laughs> on his face. And I don't know if that just didn't translate. Well, to he touched us. her face and everything, and the dad came out, and then no one said anything about it. Yeah, but I mean, we're so hyper aware of of pedophiles in in 2014. <laughs> 
Um, and I don't know that it, 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 it was something that, you know, anyone paid attention to back then. Maybe in 1971, you know, that kind of thing was just like, you know, he was he was being affectionate towards a, a little girl in a, in a fatherly way. I don't know. No. But anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to play devil's advocate, obviously. Yeah, he was um, perving out like a little fucking perv. Probably was. He's like, you but, like my white suit? <laughs> <laughs> but I, the movie for me it's it's like two it's like two very distinct parts i mean you've got this this the, the beginning part where you know you're introduced to some of the characters and you know we know that there's a, a past murder that you know has yet to be kind of expanded upon and we'll probably hear more about later in the movie but they spend a lot of time, you know, establishing the relationship. And then, um, and then can we vote for, you know, this guy as the worst father ever? I mean, he basically, um, decides, oh, sure. It's okay. Um, you know, you need to come in now. And she says, no, I don't want to come in. I want to play. And he goes, well, okay, let me go have sex with my girlfriend. And then after my have sex with my girlfriend, I'm going to go sculpt for a little while. And then, you know, however many thousands of hours later, uh, let me go see where my daughter is and I can't find her anywhere. So, um, that was yeah. kind of, that was, that was, I mean, watching that, I watched that part today. I'm like, yeah, he really, he really just kind of screwed up, you know, and, you know, and again, maybe it's 2014 sensibility where we, you know, we pretty much have our kids, le- you know, lasso to us these days. But, um, you know, I think that there was a lot done, uh, to establish the, the relationship and to establish the emotional uh, side of of you know what he was going to go through now that she was murdered, but then the second half becomes a whodunit, and you know there's there's nothing there's nothing about the movie at all that's tongue in cheek or or comic relief or anything. It's very serious, very somber type movie, but still interesting and still kind of trashy because you still have all these characters and movies and this woman who's you know involved with everyone and. Um, and, and there was a, an, I, I'm assuming creep that you noticed the, the one fur coat in the film that the, uh, the, that the guy, uh, who does the, uh, archery was wearing when they were walking down the, there are about three fur coats in this movie that were outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> All worn by the fencer. No, cause actually there was, um, one, you only see the bottom of it, but the killer actually has on a brown fur coat. When okay. um, he's coming up right before he she? kidnaps the girl. Oh, whatever. Yeah. He or she. He or she. And uh, the <laughs> cheesiest, like, old lady outfit. <laughs> but um, but the other thing, like you were saying about, like, it becomes a whodunit. The clues he gets, <clears throat> you never really see him get the clues. He just That's shows bullshit. up somewhere and he's like, hey, you're a petter ass. Hey, watch your mouth. I'm throwing seeds across the room now. And it's like, where the fuck did you come up with that? Like, nothing was like... Just everything about this, like, the... The investigate... I mean, the cop in this is fucking... Is about as good at his job as this guy is as good as a dad. You know, like... Total crap. But it was just like, he... Got all of his leads, like, off camera. Or something. Until yeah. the very end when the movie could have been called Who Watched Him Walk? Because <laughs> that just lasted forever. But um, 
but yeah um another thing that uh I, I have it on here but like just a culture thing they're in this like old beautiful church and they painted a fucking basketball court shit on the floor and hung like fucking backboards and shit can you imagine like playing <laughs> basketball and something like that like that's insane yeah and he's not a very good coach because they're all just throwing balls up in the air <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think they know what they're doing you probably well, have you learned... seen the Italian basketball team <laughs> <laughs> you mean we can't all have a ball at the same time no one ball <laughs> one ball per game guys I guess Ricky Rubio's well he's from Spain so can't talk yeah but yeah I did notice the coat uh, to get back to the coat that, that was a beautiful coat <laughs> but you're right though there, there was a lot of there's a lot of things that were like it, it, it reminded me a lot of deep red because in deep red um mark daly he kind of comes to these ridiculous conclusions about what lead to follow next and it just happens to be correct um because it has to be it's a movie but you know they sometimes i watch these films and and i'm so torn between just saying screw it let me enjoy the film for what it is and i really want to know how they got to this next spot how did the how did the detective really figure this part out and you know the thing in this movie that um is really hard to follow is the the relationship between seraphian who is the art dealer and uh, the girl, Geneva, who's like, I guess she's like the horror or something. And then the guy who's the fencing guy, who's her boyfriend. And then um, this Bon Ayuti guy. Like, they all seem to not only Is know each other. Is that guy? Yeah. Yes. They all, not, not only do they all know each other, but they all seem to kind of live together. I mean, I don't... There's a scene where Bon Ayuti gets the uh, gets the envelope out of the safe that says don't open until my death and this is after Genova is killed and he goes in and fencing guys laying on the bed yeah and I'm yeah. like what the heck is going on here and then there was a scene where Seraphian uh, where where um, the funniest part about this movie is that I don't know the name of the character who's the main character the guy who's oh it's Franco Franco yeah so Franco goes to meet up with um, Bon Ayuti and and Seraphian just happens to be there, you know, and and then he goes back and he's following up this lead and what's his name hits him over the head, um, Francois, and then there that that one scene which was really well filmed, which is where uh, Franco goes out to the shipyard and he's following one guy and um, Seraphian is following a guy and the killer's there and the guy on the crutches is there and they're all kind of. Kind that of got slowly confusing. Yeah. That was that was. I mean, it was really well done, but it, it was, was like, what the hell's going on here? But yeah, so you're right. I mean, there's there's there was so much going on in the film, and I I still didn't. I still don't. Well, right I, now, I, I, know, it's I know who the killer right now, is. But... Right now, it's on, and the fucking guy in the white suit was sitting on Franco's bed while Franco was. Um, uh, on the phone with the cops. So maybe it's just Venice is a place where any bed could be your bed. <laughs> Sorry about my phone, guys. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's weird. But I think the Botaducci guy 
is the lawyer <laughs> of Serafian. And Franco, at first I thought he was a writer. I thought they were saying he wrote something really good and he's talented and all this other shit. And then now all of a sudden he's a sculptor. So he's a sculptor that sculpts stuff. Serafian's the art dealer. Bonaducci is his lawyer. Um, J- uh, Janet Petra is the assistant of Serafian. And the fencer is the guy that gives her the one-two. Other than that, it's really confusing. And then the guy in the white outfit just likes to hang out with everybody. <laughs> but there were a lot of scenes uh, that were good. Go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. I was just say front, and then there's Francois, who like I never really understood his placement in this, other than being like we said, Ginevra's son. But then, just to add more confusion to this plot, yes, he, he's sitting there with Franco, his father. And he's <laughs> glad I got your attention now, creep. And he just. He admits that he's the one that bludgeoned Franco over the head when yeah. Franco was kind of snooping around. And he said, oh, well, I thought you were someone else. And then another thing that's kind of just swept away as or explained away. And it's like either, you know, give us a meaty plot that we can chew on for a little bit. You know, even if it's a tough steak, at least we can chew on it for a little bit. Um, give us some watch us as he discovers the clues and you know, give us something to follow. Even like Chris was saying, you're watching a detective thriller and you're kind of wondering how the detective's getting all this stuff right. Um, or is getting the clues together so quickly. Cause you know, real life cases take years, whereas this is taking place in an hour and a half, but even that would have been preferable over how Frank was just wandering well, around. I mean, and... Even, even Columbo, when he's like telling you how he came up with it, tells you how he came <laughs> up with it. You know, he's like, it's oh, believable. Wow, yeah. yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, that's how he came up You're with like, it. Oh, yeah, and at least I got to see him come up with it. And, and here it's just the only thing that we really get to see Frank to do is, like you said, walk around in these kind of M.C. Escher paintings. And <laughs> I don't know. And then the another thing, too, like um, in the beginning of the movie, when we first see the guy in the amazing coat, he has like a scratch on his face. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. it was a fencing accident. I forgot to wear my mask. And that then, like, we never go back to it. And then, like, when we were at the fencing place, no one would ever go out there without a mask on. There's so many people. And so <laughs> I'm, like, going, oh, I bet this is to show him that, yeah, you know, you always have your mask on. Da, 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 da. But then they just never talk about it again. <laughs> and, okay, here's where I got totally confused. He goes to the dude's house, Raphian's freaking nailed at the door, and then he starts attacking Franco. And he's like, you killed her! And they're having dialogue while they're, like, flying over everything. And Another pro-wrestling Yeah, and then connection. all of a sudden it just didn't happen. And then, so that guy didn't kill anybody. Is that what happened? Um, oh, the fencer dude? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was just kind of this, oh, I don't know. Obviously they wanted the red herrings in this film, so they were throwing, at, throwing them at you left and right. And I think that he was kind of like the guy in our last film who was just dressed up as a woman for no reason at the end of the film. But did he kill Serafian? I don't think so. Well, he might have. Maybe he was. I don't know. Maybe he didn't know about Serafian and uh, Ginevra, you know, getting together. And maybe it was like a, je- a fit of jealous rage. But that would have seemed almost out of nowhere as well. Like, 
just thrown in there for no reason, just to kind of throw you off the scent. I, yes. I would like, yeah, I would have to watch it again, like you said. <laughs> I don't know. Just the last like twenty minutes of it were like so confusing, and it was really dark, and I couldn't see anything. And then when um, Anita Strandberger or whatever Chris called her, when um, <laughs> when um, she's like goes and gets the mail, and then the old lady slash dude comes up. She like starts screaming like she's in pain, but yeah. like no one was touching her, and yeah. I, I that whole thing just that I got super confused. I didn't understand what was happening, but um, she's got a nice jacket on too, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that shot of them in the bed, the, like the slow pan from left to right, where she has like a tear coming out of her face. That is, like, such a gorgeous shot. Like, that is so good. There's a lot of neat little shots, like the shot of the girl's body in the water. Yeah. That was awesome. That was really, really good. But then it's filled with all this other stuff. This movie really does pull you around. Like you were saying, it's kind of regarded as a classier and one of the more... um, you know, higher rated Jello, Jello films because of stuff like that. The, the cinematography, you've got a lot of good stuff uh, between the, like the point of view shots or the kind of disorienting movements and framing that they have, the intercuts with the, with him remembering his daughter. And I think a lot of people talk highly of the score, which we kind of ragged on a bit because it does get kind of grating, but at the same time, it kind of builds the suspense. Um, when you hear it started to fade in, you know that something some trouble is afoot but uh yeah other than that it's kind of like it kind of pulls you around and you don't know which direction to go um the beginning is real cool the first 30 minutes chris was saying it's kind of like a different act i liked it better i think yeah which is funny because that kid was driving me absolutely crazy and i was just like going (laughs) fuck what if i ever had to like babysit her and the little kid from house by the cemetery and we were like in a room (laughs) that had no toys in it and they were just talking to me the whole time. Like, what the fuck would I do? I was, like, really freaking out about that. But, um... Hello, creep. Want you play accordion with me? Hey, everybody, let's go do this! And it would just be like, <laughs> oh, my God. But seriously, um... I really thought the chemistry between the... Franco and Roberta, the father and the daughter, that seemed really real. That was good. Like, I, I was yeah. kind of impressed by that. Yeah, we were saying he was a shitty father, but the times he did pay attention to her, it was it was really believable. I'm gonna call bullshit on something right now. I'm watching it <laughs> right now, and the scene where Strandberger is looking at the newspaper with the man in the white suit before Labor Day, her hair is all combed back, like really big, and she's got this awesome big font thing going on and then the rest of the movie she has bangs mm. and now in this scene her hair is like her bangs are like way longer than they were I think she had to just keep coming in and out Yeah, this might have taken actually a really <laughs> long time yeah for as little as she's featured in this film they didn't really you know get, I guess pay a lot of attention to her as far as, like you said, the the different hairstyles and everything, it's like, you think they would have paid attention to that continuity for as little as she's featured. It's not like she's all over this movie. 
and she could get, she could get away with something like that. Oh, and just another weird red herring guy, uh, Mister shooting the birds with his freaking turtleneck pulled up half over his face. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that guy. How could ping we forget that guy? guy? <laughs> Play some ping pong. Yeah, dude, it, it's like weird. It's like they have this stuff and like be like doing that whole bit. Like I'm sure what happened was they were at this great estate and thought it was really cool looking and there happened to be a ping pong table there. Ooh, we got to work this ping pong table into this. This will be perfect. Yeah. You know, it's like a total awesome allegory between ping pong and politics. This totally makes sense. We'll totally make something <laughs> real about this. So Aldo Lotto's the kind of director that just wanders from place to place and says, oh, yes, oh, ping pong table. That's a... Uh... That's my Italian. Well, it's just like the whole thing. It's the whole like, um, like uh, building like perceived production value. Like the like, we didn't have to see a minute and a half of them blowing glass and trying to make something out of glass just for them to go talk to this girl's dad. It just made the movie look like it cost more than it did. One of the producers of the movie probably owns that glass factory. And so they got to go in and shoot something there, you know, uh -huh. like it's that whole, um, how many things can you just shove in here to make it seem like you spent more money on it than you did. And like, I don't know, just like how all these movies like have, like, we have to have an airport and we have to have an airplane, you know, yeah. we're right. hot jet setting motherfuckers here. You know what I'm saying? It's, Oh, that how else are we going to get that jello score up? That's right. right. And are, are these black gloves good enough for you, even though they're kind of lacy? Yeah, yeah, I gave I gave them the credit. Because <laughs> I, 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 I don't call them black leather gloves, so... Right. As long as they're it's black gloves. Yeah, it's definitely a loophole. So <laughs> what did this movie get on the score? Um, Ninety-two. Yeah, something? 92. Yep. Yeah, see? Make sure to check. Yeah. God, that belt yep. with the little silver hands is fucking Brad. She's rocking it, dude. And when she gets all naked and then this guy's like, I better take this ascot off fucking quick. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of uh, production value in Creep, I know you like to pay attention to locations and stuff like that. They're in Venice for this film, but it didn't really feel like that to me. I don't know about you guys. It was, it was kind of a nice change to be back in Italy instead of Britain or something like that, but it was very. It seemed very British with the fog and the kind of rundown. It buildings. was different. Yeah, it was um, bright and cheery, touristy season. I enjoyed the canals. I thought that was like a neat touch. You know, like I the thought... funeral boat. Dude, a fucking hearse boat. How badass was that? Yeah. That was like one of the coolest things about the movie. I was like, that is a fucking tight looking little fucking thing right there. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that, that was super cool. I liked that. Um, but it's like one of these things where this movie was so serious. It, it felt like, what have they done to Solange? You know, like that whole um, super serious thing. And so the fog and all that stuff, it kind of worked for me. But if you were to put, like, eyeball in this setting, it would have been like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, what, <laughs> what is this? You know? But um, as far as uh, fashion goes, the chain that fucking 
jacket boys wearing is just too much, dude. And when he's like going to pound town on that chick and it's all bouncing on her, I'm like, ugh. That's just disgusting. But um, as far as the apartments and everything go, a lot of the interiors of these places were very, like, European, like, Victorian-looking. But uh, Franco's apartment was actually pretty cool. Like, I dug how... it was. It, there was a lot of white, and then you had, like, the red carpet, and then that one, like, uh, wood panel wall... That whole thing was kind of neat. I was kind of digging that a little bit. Um, but I really liked his fucking weird futuristic television. The little <laughs> white thing that like shot up a little bit. So like, <laughs> yeah. you could put it on a little table and it's still pointing up at you. I thought that was tits, dude. I'm like, that is the fucking coolest little television I've ever seen. He's a sculptor, so I suppose he's got to be all art deco. Up right? Right. He should try to art deco that mustache a little bit. It's looking a little shabby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do you guys think that his body makes him look like a weird robot? Like That's... he's got a very strange I didn't, body. I don't know how yeah. soon we want to get into the, the trivia, but I did read that he lost 35 pounds for this role for some reason. I guess Franco had to be a skinny robot looking dude. Right. I read that too, and I'm like sitting there going, "Okay, where did this 35 pounds come from?" Like, <laughs> he looks like he's dying. He, I mean, I don't yeah. know if I have done the Julia Roberts and Steel Magnolias joke on this show before, but um, he's looking pretty sickly. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. I don't know if that's what sculptors looked like in Italy, but yeah, he doesn't look like the James Bond that we all know and love. <laughs> that one He's time he played him. What was that? Yeah. Um, Our Majesty's Secret Service? Secrets, yeah. 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 I think he's become kind of a stereotype for, for actors who only played a character once. Like, I've heard people say that George Clooney is the George Lazenby of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I actually... Have you seen that 007 documentary? No, I it's, haven't. It's epic, and he's in it. And he's like, oh, man, I thought I had my life set... I'm like, I'm fucking James Bond, motherfucker, and da 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 da, -da and all this other shit, and then, like, they didn't ask him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think he also had some problems with the producers or something like that, too, so they he probably gave him some lip, and they said, all right, you're out of here. That's what, that's what I surmise. We're going with that guy from Penny Dreadful now. Beat it, yep. Scrappy. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, um, one of the things that we could talk about that I really enjoyed was in the beginning of the movie, um, Roberta is playing a pinball machine. Okay. Go on. And now that pinball machine was called Harmony. Now I looked it up. <clears throat> now this was released in August of 1967. Okay, and the pinball database gives it a 9.0. Now, mm. there were 2,000 units made, um, and it was by Gottlieb, which was a really big pinball manufacturer. Um, it had two flippers, four pop bumpers, and four kickout holes. So, sounds <laughs> like it has a lot of fun going on there. But the version that was in this movie, called Harmony, was made specifically for Italy. 
but it's based on a game that was released the same year everywhere else in the world under the title of Melody. So apparently in Italy, Melody wouldn't cross over well for some fucking reason, so they changed the name to Harmony. Oh, and um, one of the things about it is this is an original one. Obviously, it's only a couple years after it came out that this movie was made. But um, most people, because it only has a four-wheel scoring system, um, would break it and cut another hole out and put another wheel in there so people could get higher scores. But this one had just the four, so that was pretty fancy. I forgot you're a pinball aficionado. <laughs> I didn't Glad forget. You I didn't that to know. the tape. <laughs> yeah, I, I bring something different, guys, and and it's wow. a little bit of knowledge about pinball. So, so how excited were you when you saw pinball in this film? I was excited that they fucking did a close up of the glass and then yeah. a close up of the actual playboard, the playfield. I thought that was fucking awesome. But again, production value. Hey, we got a pinball machine in here. Because what a lot of people don't know who are our age and younger is that pinball was like if your little bistro in a different country had a pinball machine in it, that was like, oh, dude, that place is fucking fancy as shit, dude. They got a pinball machine from America. What the fuck? Like, it was like a big fucking deal. And like overseas, like the pinball manufacturers like sent way more machines overseas than in America because it was like a piece of like America. Like it was like, Ooh, if we have one of these, you know, we're super fancy and all sorts of shit. But pinball was a fucking huge, huge thing, dude. And this was right around the time too, when pinball was, uh, legalized back in America because for about 30 or 40 years, it was illegal to play pinball in America because they thought it was gambling. <laughs> so yeah good stuff dude wow are you working on a coffee table book D- does it play pinball yes no i'm not but i should <laughs> now that you told me that i might be you're the author yeah i'm the architect That's yeah right. anyway but it's yeah stuff. so pinball you know it, there was a pretty badass pinball machine in there that was pretty cool and those fucking afros those motherfuckers had outside were pretty fucking nice too those were some one. fucking cool looking afros dude the, the, uh, I mean for the most part the fashion in this movie really sucked a big fat dick but yeah. um, that one guy had a nice coat uh, there were the chick who he banged that just was in the movie for five seconds to show her tits like had a kind of neat like shortcut white fur coat it was pretty cool uh, yeah it was almost kind of feathery. Kind of wanted to rub my face on it, but um, but yeah, for this the most Venice part. This is Venice, and not it's not Milan, so. But still, dude, it. like Venice, dude. Oh, that chick's in a nice fucking coat. Like when he's like chasing the guy through the, just walking <laughs> around. Oh, how many people thought that fucking homegirl was gonna get fucking drowned in that fucking bathtub? Oh, I did. I'm raising my hand. Oh my god, dude! I was like so waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> Which which scene was that? Was that the with Strange Burger? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. With Sticky Burger, like she's like getting <laughs> close to the bathtub, and then fucking the Jalo maid with her fucking black gloves for some fucking reason comes up and like grabs her, 
<laughs> she's like, bitch, you scared the hell out of me. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you're scary. But no, I dug the Venice <laughs> shit. Like, I thought it was cool. Like, all the... Like, when they, they're just, like, walking through and, like, narrow corridors and weird... Like, how you're saying M.C. Escher, it was just, like, stairs to wherever for no fucking reason all over yeah. the place. It was neat, dude. I liked that. And his apartment's really cool. But it's just... I think my biggest beef with it, seriously, was just the... And the detective work didn't really seem like detective work. There was just things that were said. The red herrings weren't set up right and then kind of just pushed aside. And I don't know, like everything about this movie. Like, why? I'm just watching her. She totally slowly put her hands up and put it on that chick's neck. Why the fuck would she do that? In a million <laughs> fucking years. Like, that is the last way you come up behind somebody, dude. If you're not trying to kill them. Or sleep with them or something. <laughs> right. what, what do you guys think? Because I could go on and on about weird stuff and ice cream, but, you know. <laughs> and pinball. Oh my god, dude. I, I'm a fucking <laughs> sucker for a good fucking shot of a pinball machine, dude. And it just breaks my heart because chances are that pinball machine is in a fucking, like, junkyard now. Yeah, it's just that, oh, that breaks my heart in a landfill with all the E.T. Atari games. Yep. Where they should be. Yeah, that's I true. love that game. Game. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so... Yeah. Um, well, so yeah. I guess what, what, I, what I'd like to bring up then is so we've covered a lot of stuff uh, and we've kind of been all over the place with the movie, but let's... We haven't really talked about the killer. The actual who the killer was and you know what connection he had to to all the other people um you know it, it's it seems he's obviously the guy who was in the chair during the sex tape right yeah and yeah. shooting up heroin jesus christ so fucking right. ridiculous okay go ahead I'm, sorry. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm very angry with myself because this is the person i thought it was right at the beginning just because of other jelly films that i've seen especially ones with child murders. But I gave up on him like halfway through and I'm pissed that I didn't stick with it because this would have been the first time I, I got one right. But... <laughs> oh, well, he's, he's like, he's in some scenes that are obvious that they put him in there so you would remember that there's a priest character. Yeah. yeah there's, 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 a bunch, there's a bunch of scenes in the movie where there was no need for him to be there like, I think Franco is uh, at the art gallery and it, father, whatever his name is, just happens to be there. And he says, oh, hey, Franco, how are you? And, yeah. uh, you know, just to remind you that we have this priest here. And um, but I didn't I guess I didn't really understand. I guess the, the connection that he had with all those other people was just that they were kind of all part of this secret group of people who like to film themselves and do drugs. I mean, is that. Was there any other connections? That's all I could get from it. Unless what... that The other thing I can think of is that all of those people were in on the kids getting killed, and that's why he was killing them off, because freaking Mustache was, like, investigating everybody. Uh-huh. And that would make sense as to why that chick might have been the nurse from the beginning of the movie and looked into the camera. 
right? But so this, I think this now I'm just building where... way too much into it. We're trying yeah. to make it a better movie than it was. <laughs> yeah, it's like they have to pin it on one guy, but really it could have been an entire group of some weird cultish behavior going on here, and he was just kind of the fall guy that was involved with it. But he's got such a friendly face. It's like that Bonnie Uti guy kind of looks like Slugworth from Willy Wonka, and of course he's not the killer. But on top of all that, too, like this guy, like who did he think he was going to fool in that fucking outfit? He looked like a fucking Monty Python sketch. Like, <laughs> I'm a girl! Here I go! It's well, when, like, when you focus what? on it, yeah. Like, give me a fucking break, dude. Like, no one in their right mind would have bought that that was a fucking chick. I, like, did, I did really enjoy the scene, though, when uh, Roberta went to get the ice cream and then that music started right. to slowly fade in and then you saw yeah. it kind of creeping up on her and then the then Franco came at the last second and then all of a sudden you see this figure, this shadowy figure walking down the street as they're going the opposite direction. I just thought that was really, really cool. And how yeah. did he not see that that was the priest? And on top of that, dark. how did no one see a bitch getting strangled in the front row of a fucking tiny-ass movie theater? <laughs> <laughs> That's just what happens in those theaters. That part was so fucking badass, though. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. <laughs> oh, I, I guess I should ask about, from a trivia standpoint, does anybody know what that film was that they were watching? I was trying to figure it out, but I couldn't. Maybe I it's that's called Position. Our next trivia up. question for the for the Facebook group. That's a, that, yeah, because I, I tried to look it up a little bit, but I couldn't tell. It looked like it might have been, or at least hinting at it being an American film. But... It looked like some sort of titty flick. It did. Yeah. Which made Ginevra even more of an exciting character. Dude, she was flushed, awesome. Flushed her out a little bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I bet you want to flush her out. <laughs> okay. Dirty dog. I'll stay away from her too in a can. Oh! That was a good one. Hey, she's been around... She's been hanging out with Seraphian or whatever. Yeah. I don't, want, I don't want his sloppy seconds. I'm going to start using Tuna Can as a reference more often now. <laughs> that was amazing. Please don't. It's very disrespectful to women. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately regretted it. As soon as you said it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, the Tuna Can. Yeah, that was kind of crazy, her death scene. But I liked how he went and put his arm around her, and then when he noticed she was dead, the killer was still there, and he grabbed the killer by the arm, and then everyone in the theater is like, I'm going to tackle Mr. Mustache and save the day. And he's like, no, stop. But then he never goes, okay, uh, the killer was dressed up as a woman to the cop. He's just like, yeah, okay, I won't be a detective anymore. Later, I got to go track some people down <laughs> it was just like and then to top it all off it was almost like the movie even knew that they weren't fucking telling us anything because at the end of the movie um franco and hamburger get on a boat and drive away and freaking no white after labor day runs up behind him and he's like hey you guys are missing it you don't even know what happened he wasn't even a priest and it's like like yeah they don't even give a shit you know, like, who cares about the story? <laughs> like, we're, we're going to walk away from any kind of explanation that could possibly be happening. Can you imagine if you were watching Psycho 
and the guy's like, oh, it's a transvestite. And da, 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 da. and then people just walked out of the room, and the camera Get just on like, a boat. left. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what's the purpose of that at all? <laughs> yeah, it's like all the lotto just realized how great his movie was in the first twenty minutes, and how much it was falling apart, and he just he wanted to get on a boat and leave. Yeah, he's like, you know what adds production value? Boats on the water in this movie. I'm gonna just stick with that. Or canal buses. Oh, canal buses. That's such an amazing exotic term for me, dude. Get on the canal bus. Oh, I, I so want to do that. And do you think that um, uh, Cellophane or Saran Wrap or Seraphian, yeah. what's his name? Seraphian. Do you think that yes. um, boat he was in was his, like his taxi? Do you think that was like his limo, his limo I think boat? So. That's what, oh, that's, that's what I got. tits, dude. That's yeah, that was really shit. I'm, I'm really, I'm really thinking this has got to be the best um, podcast simply for the the renaming of all the characters. So we've we've got we've got Saran Wrap, we've got uh, Strange Burger, we've got Mustache, we've got um, no <laughs> no white after Labor Day. No white after Labor Day. Yeah. Have we even called Anita Strindberg's character the real name? I don't Elizabeth? remember what her... No. Elizabeth! God, the fucking normal name. I'm sitting here complaining about it, and then I fucking don't remember <laughs> it. And then we got Bonaducci. Yes, Bonaducci. Danny Bonaducci right. is in this film, in case you missed it. About Made an uh, appearance. Yep. Crutches. And... Crutches. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Do you have... Cool jacket. <laughs> you... Do you have access to the IMDb page where you could just change it so people can understand this damn movie? I can, but then they would delete my account if I like just went in there and started treating it like Wikipedia. <laughs> oh my well, God. I think a lot of people have the same complaints as us, where it's kind of a, it's too hard to follow at times, especially with the names. So I think our suggestion to you out there is to watch this film with these names in mind, and it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, for real. You know what we should do? We should do our own... Um... I don't know about a commentary track, but maybe we should just redub all these movies. I think so. Like Furburger, get over here. I need. <laughs> <laughs> and on um, fucking uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, we'll call that guy guest star the whole time. Guest star. Guest star. Come on, nobody. Crickets. Okay, the guy <laughs> who eats the cats. He's credited as guest star. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Jesus Christ. Okay, never mind. That was that was too much for me. Okay, yeah. My bad. Sorry, everybody. Jump, jump the shark. Do a halt. It's like Fonzie on water skis over here, dude. That was a Happy Days reference. Bam. That's right. We're jumping crap. I do have to make a. I do have to make a retraction here. I said that Ennio Morricone was paid fifty thousand lira, and I just realized. That that translates to twenty five dollars, so in American money. So maybe that's probably how much I mean, he maybe, he, maybe, I mean, who knows for sure? Only he knows. I think honestly, when the value of your dollar, like you're giving someone like seventy thousand dollars an hour to do something, <laughs> and it's barely enough for them to go to McDonald's, you need to fix it. You need yeah, to do well, something. I think they fixed it by calling it the euro. So. Oh yeah. That's not perfect. Tell that's that to gotta... Greece. But I'm <laughs> Oh, you like that. <laughs> okay. Ping pong politics. 
<laughs> Let me tell you what else was kind of neat about this. You know when um, uh, Bonaduce got killed? He had on this ugly-ass tie that looked like it was teal with, like, orange splatters on it. And I said, I'm like, oh, dude, that totally looks like, like, I thought he was hurt and was, like, something happened to him or whatever. And there was, like, blood on his tie or something like that. And then he gets killed. And I'm, like, going, wow, that's some awesome foreshadowing. Because they totally did a close-up on the tie when he was playing with the shit on the desk. So there's, like, little neat things yeah. like that. Um, but for the most part like once he started walking around a lot and it was dark this movie got really fucking tedious for me yeah, yeah. and we still Not... don't know who saw her die that made me fucking more mad than anything <laughs> and I should know by now to just forget the titles of the movie and just yeah, it was not, a, not a clinic in pacing or anything like that so or detective work dude this guy in the white outfit he just wants to bang somebody he's getting up on the little kid he's getting up on strange burger just fucking somebody blow this guy for five seconds here okay i'm sorry well i think i need to address the elephant in the room here i'm sorry i don't have a shirt on it's hot outside (laughs) other than that elephant you guys, okay, you guys are fathers. Yes. And as we know, the the victims in in this film, at the beginning anyway, are children. Is that something that kind of, I don't know, bothers you I watching this film to, at all? Yeah, um, I had never seen this before. I thought I had, and then when I was watching it, it didn't look familiar to me at all. And um, when that kid gets killed with the rock in the beginning of the movie, I stopped it. And I'm like, I'll come back to it later. Yeah. And I did that probably about three times before I actually sat down and watched it. And I was also confused, too, because they were speaking in French or some shit like that. And I think I even... I, um, I wrote Eric. And I'm like, dude, is your movie... Is it, like, in another fucking language, man? <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back and look, yeah. Yeah, there's, like, a... Before the... They switched over to modern day Venice. It was in a different language for me too, so I don't. Yeah, I, I was really confused for a minute there, but no, it was hard to watch, dude. And that's why, just like when um, we were talking about Cat and Nine Tails, like I didn't want to watch that forever because on that poster you see the little kid tied up. I don't want to fucking right. see that kind of shit. But to be honest, like. If someone's gonna fucking kidnap my kid and fucking do something to it, the window that they have to do that is so fucking small. Because my kid, even when my kid's playing outside, I'm watching my kid. You know? Like, my kid never just runs around. And, like, honestly, like, I feel like, Chris, what you said earlier was right, too, that we live in, like, a different time. Because... When I was a kid, I remember being all over the fucking place. I would fucking go to the liquor store. I would fucking... My mom think I'm right outside. I'm fucking hopping fences. I remember <laughs> I took a deuce in the fucking... This trailer park next to the liquor store where I li- uh, I lived in these condos. And I rode my bike and I had to take a shit. I'm like, ah, oh, what do I do? Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to go over here. I'm just pooping the <laughs> ramp. And I just like did whatever the fuck I wanted to do. And when the streetlights came on, I went home. Uh-huh. Right. You know? 
But um, the streetlights come on. Yeah, but like, yep. dude, if my kid would be smoking the biggest rock in the world if she thought for a second I would fucking let her do that. Fuck, no way, dude. It would never yeah. fucking happen. It's crazy. Yeah. How about you, Chris? How did how did that how did you take? Did you kind of separate yourself from that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because, um, you know, you, you you really, I mean, again, we, we, we always talk about the, the two flavors of, of Jolly where, you know, you have the ones that are serious and you have the ones that are uh, tongue in cheek and, and you're never going to, you're never going to see a, a Jolly where they try to make it tongue in cheek and, and kind of trashy and also have it be, um, have kids involved. You know, it seems like all the ones that have kids, you know, you've got Solange, which is like older kids, but still, you know, most of those girls were considered to be young. Um, and then uh, um, the boys that get killed in Don't Torture a Duckling. Um, that's another pretty serious movie. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I um, or, or even the, the last the the ending scene in the fifth chord. Where the little yeah. the little kid is um, is is that I think that one uh, out of all of them is the one that's hardest to watch because the kids you know really really put on a good show of, of you know he's in the he's in this dead end corridor and the killer is coming at him with these gloves and he's screaming that his head off. insane. Um, yeah, that was like that was a really fucked up uh, scene. And um, but at you know, the same time, I'm pissed off. It- like who the fuck would leave a kid that age home alone at night for any reason whatsoever? Like why the fuck would that ever fucking happen? Like, right. I just well, I I mean, lose it at that point. I mean, specifically the way that they obviously, you know, we talked about this before, but the way they explained that one was that, no, I know. The, yeah. The, the mother, the mother supposedly called from the airport to have the, Made go pick her up or something like that, and that's why the kid was home by himself. <laughs> yeah, that's what I have to say. Dude. <laughs> Bad parenting does not get any fucking credit for me in any of these fucking movies. Like, I, I it has no place at all. I, I cannot give it a second. So, am I biased going into this movie watching dude bump uglies and have his kid fucking get kidnapped? Yeah. I'm going to be biased about it, but that's, that's just how it is right off the bat for me. Right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. What? Well, I guess as the non father of the group, um, this still kind of resonated with me. The, the gravity of the whole thing, it gave it that much more almost meaning. You know, we, we sit here and talk about people getting sliced and diced and, and all that fun stuff and we just kind of pass it off as you know trashy fun but when it involves kids it kind of gives the movie that much more gravity and meaning like i said so it's it's boundary stretching for sure but um i think it kind of that's another reason why this film is kind of held up as sort of a, a more serious and uh i guess highly regarded film right now, why would he still be in the weird outfit when he's killing all the guys that already know him? I don't know. Like Bonaducci? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was trying to figure out now. If, because we all know that uh, Mr. 
Francois isn't afraid to bludgeon people over the head with things. So I don't. Well, I guess they had the black gloves in that scene, didn't they? So yeah, I don't with know. the freaking doilies coming out of the stuff. <laughs> and wow, his little bird room has a lot of rattan furniture in that. No naked sitting in that room. That's gonna hurt. <laughs> um, on another note. Did you guys notice when they were eating snails, which is fucking disgusting, and I'm glad the kid fucking took a hell no on that one, because if I had to watch another close-up of someone eating something nasty for the second movie in a row, I would have fucking lost my shit. But he's like, do you want more wine? And she's like, nah. And I know they give... I noticed that, too. I'm like, what? And I know they give wine to kids with dinner in other countries but that fucking uh, that set me back a minute I was like what yeah he was hoping to and, cheat conk out early so he could get on with his girlfriend again that decided to leave the film oh wait no she, she hasn't left yet she hasn't even shown up yet no right yeah and I don't think she I knows suppose... how to give head very well she was like she had her face down by his hip and she was just like oh, yeah. laughing like, I don't even understand what's the, going on. Even in the sex scene, he was kind of thrusting into the into his wife's belly button. Yeah, it dude. Like. <laughs> so it's, it's oddly placed Tommy Wiseau kind of sex scenes here. Yeah. Oh, but this fog is just amazing for, like, mystery and all that other shit. But it's kind of weird in this movie. Um. But yeah, so what other thoughts do you guys have? Because we talked you know about I... the afros already, so I'm pretty much out. <laughs> the only other note I had was um, the resemblances of this film with a, a film I'd seen a couple months ago as I was kind of researching some other stuff, but it was called Don't Look Now. And I wanted to know if you guys had seen that film at all. No. It sounds familiar. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of... It stars Donald Sutherland. It's got the same theme. And actually, it also takes place in Venice. But I think it was made a year or two after this one. And it's an American film. But it it's, involves these two parents kind of going through the grieving process of losing their child to a drowning. And it's got some kind of horror and suspense and thriller stuff going on in it. But it's got a lot of similar stuff in it, like the different cuts as the the parents are laying together in bed and trying to you know get over this this loss of their um, child and kind of these different splicing scenes so I thought that was kind of cool how maybe this would might have been Is an influence to that film it's it's actually I think a lot better than this film but I do think that it took a lot of influences from this film and, and kind of made it better improved upon it in a way are there a lot of shots of Donald Sutherland walking <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a lot of shots of Donald Sutherland having sex, so if you're in the I'm in. That, all right. Got to make Kiefer somehow. That's so, right. I'm down. Don't look yeah. now, huh? Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I just looked up now, 1973, so... Yeah, something to check out if... If you wanted to kind of see how how this film began and then how we kept talking about how it kind of fell apart halfway through, this one kind of holds up a little bit better. So, Now, 
when he goes into the antique shop and the priest is in there and he's like, yeah, I'm looking for saran wrap, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden there's this dude in the background with glasses and he makes a phone call. Who is that guy? Is that guy the guy yeah. who's chasing him, trying to kill him? I don't know. I thought that was another red herring. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of phone calls in this movie. Yeah, like the the guy, the glassblower guy, he goes over and makes a phone call to somebody. Yeah, yeah that right was when never... they, Right when they leave. <laughs> Even though he never showed up again in the rest of the film. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, why have all these red herrings if nothing's ever going to happen? Yeah. I just forget that they're there. But, dude, there is a lot of rotary action on these phones, dude. I'm digging it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, these shots are great. Like, these, like, total low worm's eye shots of, like, people on different layers of the stairs uh-huh. during that whole chase scene. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we haven't even talked about fucking Homeboy catching on fire and falling out the window. That was tits. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a cool end. So, where does that fall in the Giallo the Giallo score criteria? It's the best possible ending. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I mean, this is exactly why this, the film scored so high because you have an Italian director, you have a hidden identity, you have black gloves, you have an amateur detective. It falls within the classic period timeline. The motivation is psychological uh, or psychological trauma or revenge. And um, the final uh, outcome of the killer is accidental death, suicide. And the director has at least one other uh, film considered a giallo. So that's 60 points right off the bat. So um, that's why that's why it scored so high. If the avoid the 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 avoid capture thing is, it, it's great if the killer accidentally dies or they or they decide to kill themselves they get the most points that way for sure so yeah and then outside uh, of the you know, yeah i was, I was just uh, no, say outside just of the other that, child killer movie that this was probably the best ending what were you gonna say no i was just gonna say um that the rest of the giallo score is kind of is is pretty filled up as well you know the um all the little signatures and the airplane, the airplane and the funeral, and there's a chase scene. And um, I know, didn't see all... any J and B though. I saw all sorts of booze. No, there. It, I think you, you addressed almost, that, didn't you? Yeah, you can almost see a J and B bottle when they're in the restaurant eating the snails, but yeah, it, uh... it's not on. It's not on screen, so I didn't. They didn't get it. Not they didn't focused. Get the now, um, the only bit about the fiery death that I didn't like, I guess, was the Jean-Claude Van Damme style of it, where he obviously only falls out once, but they show him falling like 12 fucking times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I kind yeah. of suspected that you were going to say that. Crazy. Yeah, well, you know. And then why the chance. fuck is... No white after Labor Day on this bus with fucking hamburger. Whatever. I was trying to get in that. <clears throat> but how did he know she was going to be on that bus? And it can't he be that ways. Why is he wearing that fucking blanket scarf? <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. All right. 
so I think we come away with the fact that this has got a lot of nice photography, but the story is lacking. Is that what we're saying? Well, I don't want to say nice photography because there are a lot of shots that are out of focus. Oh, yeah. But um, there are some really cool shots. Cool stuff they did with the photography. And I do like the location, and I'm digging all these boats, man. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of a middling jello on our list. I don't know. What do you guys think? I kind of don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Not every eyeball and strip nude for your killer and black belly of the tarantula, <laughs> but um... getting that vibe. Yeah, well, I, I picked this film mostly because of the stuff I've heard about it um, and matching that Don't Look Now film, which I, I do like. But yeah, I came away with a kind of. It's gonna if we do the list again, it's gonna be somewhere in the mid to low end, I think, of the spectrum. And that's pretty ballsy for not even knowing what else we're gonna see. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose we got seven other films before we get another nice round number of twenty. Yeah. Right. What do you, you do? What? Do you like it? Is this one of your favorites? Yeah, I mean. I, no, I think the film has its merits. Uh, the more and the more and more I think about, you know, how they tried to uh, solve the 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 whodunit aspect, the more I I don't like it, just because it's so far fetched and so hard to follow. I did like, um, I thought the I thought you know some of the I thought some of the acting was good between the main characters. All things considered, it being a dub in film. Um, and I did like, you know, I, I did like uh, how they established the relationships, you know, in the first half of the film or the first act of the film. Um, and the rest of it is, you know, once, once you get past uh, the part where Roberta is killed and the grieving process is over and now the, the, the hunt begins for the killer, it's like, um, if you watch it uh, with... It, with the intent of I'm going to try to follow this as closely as I can and, and try to figure it out as it's as it's happening, you probably won't pay much attention to, you know, uh, the the little things. You you won't necessarily be be watching for uh, the things about the the Jalo style that we you know that we like so much. It's it's more about um, it, it, that the second half of that film it really becomes. I'm just going to focus in on this 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 plot thing, and it's it's really hard to follow, and it's really you know if you get if if you do approach the end of the film that way or the second half of the film that way, it's just going to be frustrating um, because it, it is hard to follow. And if you decide not to do that, um, it'll be a little bit boring. So uh, yeah, I mean it's certainly um, it certainly has its merits, but it has its uh, it it's ha- it has detractors as well, so I, well, I'm kind I, of I'm kind of in the middle of the road with it. I will say that um, watching it again as it's playing right now, um, there's this bitch and lamp at Crutch's house. It's like <laughs> four blocks with a blue strip through it or something like that, and it's like all lit up on the coffee table. They should have done a close up of that fucking thing. But um, does that give it more stars in your book? Uh, on my lamp meter, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see one fucking Fiat in this movie, though. 
Oh no. Boy. Yeah. Well, there's no there's no cars in Venice, is there? <laughs> no. That's right. They're all canal buses there. Oh my gosh. But yeah, but it just gets so dark. It might just be my copy, but it's really dark. Like yeah. it, this, but the, as you were saying, the first half of the movie was actually relatively really good. You know, besides that chick getting that little kid getting fucking rocked to death in the face, uh-huh. which I didn't like. But um, it was the first part was good. But yeah, you're totally right. Like when the Who Done It comes up, it's like why not? Like that's how the whole thing felt. Like eh. it almost felt like they were kind of making it up as they went, you know, yeah. and. Just didn't really give a shit. But it might just be the translation, too. Maybe in the dub or in the actual language makes more sense. But Lansby's speaking English. So he's the main guy here. So everything that he should be coming up with, we're still not getting. Whether it's original language or not. Right. I think I physically threw my hands up and I don't do that often watching films but i was just like all right done writing notes (laughs) yeah i stopped when he was like running around it was just like i couldn't understand what was happening i'm like i'm just gonna (laughs) try to enjoy this now um but yeah eric did you have more stuff about the movie you wanted to talk about or did you not know anything no i think i seriously have like this sparsest notes that I've ever had for and and I was able to get it in it was that George Lazenby was James Bond and that he lost 35 pounds that was about it yeah no I was totally I looked at a couple different sites I normally go to to try to get information that wasn't already available and there wasn't really a whole lot I just kind of wrote down credits for Lotto as far as like Short Night of the Glass Dolls and Night Train Murders but people probably know that stuff. I can't believe we didn't talk about Night Train Murders more. We probably would have just ended up talking about Night Train Murders because that movie's so I, fucking good as shit, dude. And that, is it good? I've never uh, seen that. Dude, one. I and I never watched it because I knew it was like a rip off of Last House on the Left, and like I cherished that movie. And fucking Night Train Murders was so much better. Hmm. I yeah. t- like I feel kind of guilty saying that, but dude, that movie was awesome, and that chick from Deep Red that's in it, oh, it's a, amazing. It's a video nasty, I believe. Oh, it was so good. Which girl from Deep Red is in it? The psychic who like chokes on the water. Oh, not, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, Deep Red. I'm with. Got confused right. for a minute there, but yeah, she's great in it. Like that movie is just, it's good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, because I forgot to mention that the girl who played Roberta was in Deep Red. She was the yeah. little girl. Um, That's and she, right. And she was also... I don't know if back you, in. There you go. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but if uh, the movie Demons, um, there's a, uh, a very, very long-haired redhead woman who uh, is... I think she's like the usher in the movie theater. I don't know if you uh-huh. guys remember that film. That's yeah. the same. That's the same girl. It's like she's grown up. And she's she's that's yeah, the revert. I was looking up character. pictures of her, and I saw that's a picture of her from that movie. I was like, well, she got. I mean, she was kind of a strange-looking child, but she ended up turning into kind of a like a beautiful young woman. 
Yes, definitely. Good, Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe. So who saw her die? We still don't know. Nobody. I don't think. Sorry, you all waited. You waited two hours for that answer, and we didn't (laughs) give it to you. So. (laughs) That's awesome. But um, you know, you get. This is the first time I think that we do one of your picks, and then next week we do one of your picks. Is that so? That's so. I I haven't checked Facebook since we've been on, but. Last I closed. Stage Fright is the wiener. Would have thought. Wow. I didn't even vote for it. Freaking Eric time over here. And you know what else I'll say? I want to um, make a correction. Um, Last week I said there were two Jallos or Jally called Stage Fright, and one was like early 80s, and then one was Owl Guy from the late 80s. And the one I'm talking about was actually made in Australia, and it's called Stage Fright or Nightmares. Yeah, man, you were goofing um, me up. Yeah, but that movie is fun, and if you watch them back-to-back on YouTube, it's good times. There's all (laughs) sorts of inner labia, inner tuna can in that movie. (laughs) Can't promise anything, but I'll maybe try to fit it in. That's what she said. She was pegging I, Eric. I am in a I am in a celebratory mood. I got that if if that voting holds up. It's held. I've also it got called it. I've also got people backing me on the fact that Susan Scott does not look like a butthole. Oh, let me just fucking say, for the record, first off, I think people just didn't understand the question. But <laughs> second, for like a week and a half, everyone thought she was ugly. And then all of a sudden, like in the last couple days, all these people are like, no, she's amazing. She's very beautiful. I'm just trying to say that I think you did some fucking campaigning. Well, you think I got that much time on my hands where I just go ask people to... I don't know. When I asked you what you did the last two weeks, you said nothing. So... (laughs) (laughs) Right. Truth's out. I was campaigning, sending pictures of Susan Scott to people. You were going to factories, getting your picture taken, photo ops, kissing babies, exactly flags. Yeah. But yeah, I'm shocked. So people do not think she looks like a butthole. That's great. Well, well, technically your question was, is she attractive? And And I don't think people can... I specifically said, not would you do her. Right. Because most guys... Let her peg you. Exactly. So, so <laughs> you have to realize that ninety percent of the world doesn't have the same high standards as you. I don't necessarily think my standards are high. I just think there's certain things that shouldn't happen, like people's faces shouldn't look like buttholes. You know, <laughs> that's just like it's not a high standard. It's just like wow, her face looks like a butthole. In that well, one movie, well, the, the debate rages on. Then I guess. Well, it doesn't look like it's raging on at all. It looks like everyone's like, nope, she's pretty hot. That's true. But there were some sane people out there who agreed with me. <laughs> but Well, what I guess if you want to call Mark, Merrick, Natasha, Rob, and Chud I can't all believe sane. you are actually on Facebook trying to call people out right now to make me look bad. 
You are a horrible. Yeah, all I gotta say is I got Justin Kurzweil on my side, so. Uh, I don't and your buddy And your buddy David Person, so. I don't know what you got to say for yourself. I obviously don't have much to say. I like how Chris has been totally quiet this whole time. He's like, I'm not getting in the middle of butthole talk. <laughs> I, honestly, the reason I've been quiet is because I'm staring at the picture of this walrus. That's so rad. Where it says face or butthole, you decide. Yeah, and then I said, what scene is that? I don't remember that in the movie. Ooh, burn. <laughs> burn, bitch. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, you know, it is what it is. I just want to thank my constituents: Griffin, Justin, Giovanni, Vince, David, Paul, Mikkel, Steve, James, and Alan. (laughs) We're all agreeing with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, the checks in the mail, guys. That's right. (laughs) Okay, so. what all this means is that we don't have to talk about Susan Scott for a little bit, but it also means that next week or next episode, we're going into the eighties for the first time to do, um, stage fright, AKA delirium or Aquarius. What's the Aquarius. AKA on this Aquarius? It's, it's known as both delirium or stage fright colon, uh, Aquarius or bloody bird. Or Bloody Bird, I saw that poster. That's awesome. <laughs> We're going to have fun with alternate titles next week. Oh, my God. Next Were there any weeks. alternate titles for Who Saw or Die? Uh, no, there weren't, other than the Italian one. No. Nice. Um, okay, and yeah, then no, I'm, after that... I'm excited, do... about, uh, I'm excited about um, next week because... Um, I haven't. I've only seen. I've probably only seen Stage Fright once, and it was ages ago. And, and I don't have it on the site, so I'll be, I'll be watching it and scoring it uh, in time for the next episode. So that'll be fun. It's very slasher esque. Yeah. Like very, very. Like a slasher movie. It's it's yeah, fun. And, I like it. It's a good movie. I think. I mean, I'm not, not giving anything away, but the killer is pretty much known, like right in the beginning of the film. So, it's not. Uh, it's it's not like there's a revelation when you get to the end and say, "Oh, who done it?" You know, it's not a who done it at all. But it's definitely uh, most people consider it a, a, a giallo simply because it's um, it it follows a lot of the same patterns. So, but uh, yeah, should be great. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and then we go to All the Colors of the Dark. I think that beat out Five Dolls. And then we'll do Five Dolls. <clears throat> so the next six weeks of Jalo are planned for you. Wow. Yes. Because apparently one person switched their vote at the last minute because I guess you can do that. That is the biggest crock of freaking <laughs> apple butter bullshit I have ever fucking heard in my life. <laughs> but, I don't know who it was, but someone did. Well, I'm... if I hadn't, if I hadn't switched it, then it would have been um, a tie, and we would have had to decide on the show, I guess, right? We would have had to do both movies at once, and that would have just been a twelve-hour episode. <laughs> and Mike Murphy would have loved it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as I get like four straight weeks of. Edwidge, I guess I'm yeah. gonna be okay because whether or not you like that movie, she looks fucking amazing in it. 
Yeah, she looks great in all your all, co- the, all the colors of dark or all the colors of the dark. She looks really good in to that. Get you. Really good. Well, I'll be looking Scott. at Susan Scott the whole time. So, dude, let's just stop okay. all that talk. <laughs> sorry. It's sorry. okay. You know, you could spank bank all your Susan Scott shit you want, dude. That's fine. <laughs> Glad I got your approval. You could freaking tuna can that shit to next week, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay all right <laughs> hopefully her tuna can don't look like a butthole right is that what's happening now okay this is just getting out of control you right. are a pervert it all looks the same in the dark oh my god the colors of the dark wow on all your five dolls yes yeah i'll make it stage fright though so oh god here Sorry, we go Susan. Anyway, if anyone should be apologizing, it should be her. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, is that? Um, I guess that's the show. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Unless we want to talk about Daniel Bryan going in for neck surgery, which we probably don't. I will say I'm watching the fight scene right now, and this is like one of the jankiest fight scenes ever and when he catches on fire hamburger freaking smiles and she's supposed to be screaming but i think she's like wow that dude's on fire like right in front of me <laughs> yeah oh yeah she totally dug that <laughs> she totally fucking smiled dude she's like oh <laughs> oh that's awesome that's awesome. oh that is a total smile she was like wow i can't believe i'm in a room and that just happened that's awesome Okay, so anyway, um, I guess now we would play the... Oh, you know what we forgot to do? We forgot to play the trailer for this movie that doesn't have any dialogue in it. I was going to say, I think you've been playing the trailer beneath us this this whole time. Yeah, we'll skip the trailer this time. So if you've got this far, know that in the past, we skipped the trailer. And um, (laughs) now, and I've got to come up with dialogue to put in on this episode, and I think it's just going to be the kids saying stupid shit. Like, Pigeon! I'm here! Pigeons, dude. <laughs> Did you see how many fucking... That guy's job to feed all those fucking birds? Shittiest job in the fucking world, dude. That wow. guy gets shit on constantly. I bet you money. <laughs> oh. is, that, is that an actual paid job? To feed pigeons? Well, he had a uniform bucket. on. Oh, okay. And he had a big stupid red bucket with shit in it. Just put voice clips of our journalist buddy in. And that's it. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that either. Just, just layer the whole thing. Oh. All right, whatever. So anyway, here is the uh, trailer for Stage Fright, the one with the owl face guy. So until next time, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Goodbye. Uh, ciao. Awesome. You're gross, Eric. Can't believe you tuna can queefed right when we were saying goodbye. Maniac is hiding in here. You go out of your mind. 
one. Kill her! Kill her! What are we going to do now? We've got to find the key. <laughs> 